Broken trust can be healed, but it's not just time that's going to heal it. You need clear guidance about what to do and what not to do. I'm Jeff Stewart, licensed marriage and family therapist, and I've developed a free video course called The First Steps to Rebuilding Trust. This course will show you what's needed to begin healing after betrayal. I offer guidance for the betrayed partner as well as the partner who broke the trust. You can access it for free right now by clicking the link in the show notes. Welcome to the Illuminate Podcast. In the previous episode, I interviewed Kristen Jensen. She is the founder of protectyoungminds.org, and she also authored two children's books on how to help children learn what to do when they see pornography. Those books are called Good Pictures, Bad Pictures, and Good Pictures, Bad Pictures, Junior. Kristen gave us some great thoughts on why we should talk to our children about not only sexual intimacy and those kinds of things when they're young, but also, more importantly, start early talking with them about the dangers of harmful media and pornography so they know how to respond and they feel empowered. In this episode, we actually get more concrete and take more action steps on how to help children actually respond to these dangers online so that after you listen to this, you'll come away with some very specific tips on what you can do to protect your children and prepare them as they enter a digital landscape that is full of all kinds of harmful things. Well, welcome back to the Illuminate Podcast, Kristen. Thank you so much for joining me again. I'm so happy to be here with you, Jeff. So I really enjoyed our last conversation that we had about um, talking to children early and parents being more proactive. And if you haven't had a chance to listen to that episode, I encourage you to go back and take a listen. And Kristen did a great job of explaining how parents can be empowered to actually be, uh, I think we, we talked about the parents being the source of information for their children instead of them trying to go to other people or the internet to learn about their curiosity about bodies and sex. And so parents can be empowered to take charge of that and not be afraid and have the courage to bring it up as early as even three years old to their children. Mm-hmm. Yep, so, very important. So in today's episode, I want to I get into some more of the specifics about what exactly that looks like. Um, last time we talked a lot about just the idea of bringing things up and, and just really giving parents permission to start those conversations. And in today's episode, I'd like to speak about what exactly those conversations can look like and the tools and resources you can give uh, children, um, even as young as three years old, to start dealing with some of the stuff that they're going to run into. So, Kristen, do you want to start with a certain age group or you want to just talk overall? I'll just kind of let you take over here and tell me okay. what you want to. <laughs> well, I wanted to start with a story. Perfect. It might illustrate a little bit here. Many years ago... My husband and I lived in the San Francisco Bay Area, and he got a job offer from a large software company in Seattle, and so we moved to Seattle, and we we moved into our house. It was kind of a house built in the 70s, and as fall and winter came upon us in the Seattle area, things were very dark. And the first thing we decided to do was put in lighting. And we started with lights in the living room. Then we put those solar tubes that would bring natural light oh, into those some dark nice. places. And then we put, we just put lights and skylights and just lights everywhere. And as we lit up our house, we felt a lot better about living in Seattle. <laughs> and... <laughs> 
And so it was, but it was very practical steps that we did. You know, we, we did a little research on the type of lighting available and what would work in each room. And then we just went about either installing it ourselves or hiring other people to install it for us in the case of skylights and solar tubes and all that. So I like to really liken that to what we can do for our children because part of their world is kind of dark and we need to shine the light on pornography. We need to bring pornography out of the dark where it has power and into the light where our kids have power. And there's very practical things we can do, very effective things that we can do to help them. So starting out, you can do this with a three-year-old, you can do this with an eight-year-old, you can do this with a 13-year-old, and you can continue this conversation layering it. But the three things you need to do is one, define pornography. Now, as a, as a young child, you're going to define it in a very simple way. And it's not going to include all the things that pornography really is. Um, it's just going to be very simple. So, for example, pornography um, is pictures, videos, or cartoons, and I would even say stories, right, of people um, pictured with without any clothes on and, and pictures that focus on uh, the private parts of the body that we keep covered with a swimsuit. So that is the basic definition we have in both of the books. And it helps just get that initial idea. Okay, okay, well, that's kind of what pornography is. We don't have to make it scary or worse than that. Um, and then, so that's the first step, is just defining it. But when you define it, you allow children to recognize it. And that is you know, the most important step. So they'll recognize it and they'll have the words and the vocabulary to report that exposure to you. And you'll open up this discussion with them. You'll open the door for them to come and tell you uh, whenever they see it. So, ain't, you know, number one, you define it. Now with older children, you can define it in terms of, you know, sexual things. You can say it's um, pornography is material designed to arouse sexual feelings in, in viewers and in people. And that it can be, you know, even words, you know, stories, uh, songs. It can be any media. Um, so as they grow up, we expand that definition uh, from the initial one to a more, you know, appropriate one for older kids. So that's the first thing that you do is just define it. And then um, do you want me to go on? Yeah. So let me, that's great. Let me, let me jump in here real quick on the defining thing. Um, you know, I think a lot of parents that I've talked to over the years, um, you know, they get, they get confused about, you know, for example, I've, I've had some parents that'll say like, well, you know, we saw a statue of a naked person and my, my little daughter was freaking out that there was, you know, pornography there. And so sometimes, um, parents wonder like, so how do you teach something that can sometimes be a little bit more subjective or abstract like that? What would you say about something like that as far as helping children really know and understand um, what the difference is between uh, pornography and something that might just be more, um, you know, healthy or kind of classical like that? Nudity in, in classic art. 
Well, I will say that um, when we when we define what pornography is in good pictures, bad pictures, we also talk about how it can make you feel. So that's a very important component, how it makes you feel. And we do have on Protect Young Minds, we have a great article called Art Versus Porn, How to Explain the Difference to a Child. And I would highly recommend uh, parents read that. It's very helpful. So that's on your blog, protectyoungminds.org. And then they can can just search, probably in Google, just Art Versus Porn, Protect Young Minds. Mm-hmm. Um, or go to your blog and find that article. Awesome. Yeah. And but if, I like you want, if you have show notes, you can put it in your show notes. Yeah, I will. I'll do that. That's a great idea. I'll put a link down there. Um, so but really what you're saying is you're I, changing it from kind of these concrete black and white definitions for children and helping them start to tune in about how it makes them feel. And obviously something that is pornographic is going to have a dark feeling to it uh, for a child of virtually any age. And then as they get older... They just get better at detecting what those feelings are. So a parent tuning their kid into their body, their own feelings, is a great protection instead of just getting hung up on all these little uh, definitions, right? Exactly. So in our book, we talk about how sometimes, you know, pornography is tricky, right? Because it can make you feel, sometimes it can make you feel sick, but you can also feel like interested in it and intrigued. Yeah. And, and so um, sometimes uh, kids feel like it, it feels like the pull of a giant magnet. They're so curious about mm-hmm. it. So it's, it's really good to help children understand that they can feel two opposite feelings at the same time when they see pornography. And that's very normal and natural. And that the difference with porn versus art is you know porn is degrading <laughs> and objectifying and art it you, makes you feel um you know this awe for the human body um you know when you look at the david it it's not sexualized right so in any case we we can help parents walk through that conversation with children um in that article that I uh, recommended. Right. So step um, one is really defining it. And if parents need additional resources on how to do that, you guys have covered a lot of these finer points of that. But but at the core, it's like parents have got to help children understand even what this is. Because that, that idea, even pornography, mm-hmm. obviously for a three or four-year-old is completely foreign. And so they've right. got to start, um, they've got to start uh, identifying. Okay. What's the next one? Yeah. Um, so the next one is we, you need to explain that it's harmful. In the world out there, pornography is seen as a given, like there's no problem. Um, it's something everyone does, and it's even portrayed as helpful. Just like tobacco of old used to be portrayed as like soothing for the throat. <laughs> um, you know, pornography is portrayed as something that is, uh, helpful out there. So you need to teach children that is it is harmful. Um, it can become an addiction. It can teach your brain to objectify people so that you're looking at people as objects to use instead of people to love and, and so on and so forth. So teaching children why pornography is wrong, why it's dangerous, not that it's just bad, terrible. Um, 
We need to give them strong reasons for for why it's harmful to their brain and why it's harmful to their spirit and their and their soul. Um, so that's the second thing. And again, we okay. go through that in good pictures, bad pictures, how it can become an addiction and that whole process of addiction. Um, okay. Yeah, that's great. So that's and, a formal. These are formal conversations then that you're actually having with your children to to yeah. talk through these these points that you're talking about. Right. And, and in our junior book, we we use the analogy of poison. You know, we show all the different mm-hmm. things that poisonous, and we teach our young children. You know, never eat those little tide things, and never <laughs> never eat those. You know, never drink. Uh, you know, certain things, and we have the little poison stickers on there, right? Well. Pornography is like picture poison, and it's important for children to avoid that. So that's the second thing. Okay. And then the third thing is to give kids a plan. So now that they know what it is uh, and they know how to recognize it, they understand that it can be dangerous to them and harmful. Third thing is, okay, now what do they do when they see it? Yeah. What's the plan? Um just like a fire drill, right? What's mm-hmm. the plan? So in both books, we have a plan. You can make up your own if you want. I right. mean, if you're creative and you want to go with another, come up with another plan, that's great. But ba- the basics of the plan are to tell the child to turn away from it immediately. So in the younger book, we have turn, run, and tell. Um, in the older book, we have the can-do plan. Um, so, you know, close your eyes. And then the other component is, you know, always tell a trusted adult. Right. Always tell someone. And even myself, when I see inappropriate things by mistake, um, when my husband sees things, we tell each other. That's so we important. We don't keep any secrets. Yep. No, no yep. secrets. And, Same thing in my marriage. Um, yep. Yeah. So, so that's really uh, good that practice just, to help these children develop reflexes to start reaching out and opening up. And in my, my work with people over the last, I don't know, 18, 20 years I've been working as a therapist, secrecy and silence around these things really becomes a, uh, you know, becomes a seedbed for, for later problems. And that is such a great reflex to develop in children is to let them know that not only is there someone they can tell, but that the act of telling and opening up about these things helps them regulate their feelings, helps them feel better almost immediately, helps them not carry this around, and it validates them as a human being. And they just they can just go on and be kids at that point. They don't have to carry anything. And it's just yeah. that's a that's a great that's a great message to teach and practice with children over and over again. So I love that. Yeah. Yeah, and the difference between secrets and surprises, because sometimes we say, oh, right. oh you know, we're going to get this gift for mom uh, for Mother's Day, but it's a secret, right? <laughs> don't don't tell her. But we should really talk. We should really substitute the word surprise. Oh, I it's love a that. Surprise. Um, and secrets are things that really uh, we need to teach children that you shouldn't keep secrets from your parents. You know, whenever a child sees pornography and then is too afraid to talk about it, um, that creates a wedge between the child and the parent, mm-hmm. right? There's a little wedge there when there's a secret and that happens with any relationship, right? There's always this little wedge that, um, when you keep a secret from, from your spouse. So difference between secrets and surprises, The other thing that um, I would say is name it when you see it. 
So this is in the can-do plan. C is close your eyes. A is always tell a trusted adult. N is name it when you see it. And in Good Pictures, Bad Pictures, we talk about the thinking brain and the feeling brain. Well, when you see a pornographic picture, the feeling brain is like, what? You yep. know, activated. Takes over. Yep. Yes, takes over until you can say that's pornography. When you say that's pornography and you label it, you are bringing the thinking brain online and giving it power so that you can turn away, right? So that's another very practical skill we need to teach our kids is to name it, to say that's pornography, that's a bad picture, um, that gives their thinking brain a little more power to be able to like uh, turn away. So those three things are really important um, to help children and and to help them right away to have that plan. Um, the other parts of the candy plan is to deal with the memories. Yes. So you know when you, how many times have you talked to someone and you could say what was the first when was the first time you saw pornography and what was it and they can say yeah i'm 38 now and i saw it when i was 8 and i can remember it like it was yesterday right mm -hmm. because it's so shocking totally so what do we do how do we help our kids because if they keep if those pictures keep popping up in their mind what do we do to help them so that they can minimize those memories you can't just those memories are there forever, right? But you can minimize the pathway to those memories so they don't keep popping up. So, yeah, so um, yeah, what, what kind of stuff have you are you teaching children to do in those moments? So, in those moments, what we do is we say, You need to learn to distract yourself and think about something that is exciting. Now, it has to be really exciting for the child, so it's not going to be the same for every child, right? Um, so if you have a kid that's super into cars or trucks or dirt biking or horses or whatever, right, you find out what's exciting to them, and then you teach them to think about that. Whenever a bad picture comes back up, it pops up in their mind, Think about that exciting thing. Now, it's not going to work the first time, right? That that pornographic picture is going to still keep popping up. But as they practice shifting their attention to this other thing that is exciting for them, the neural pathway to that picture is going to kind of like grow over with weeds, right? It's going to it's going to shrink a mm -hmm. little bit, right? And this other pathway away from it is going to become the superhighway. Right. So for an example, one thing I love to do is snorkel and see all those tropical fish in Hawaii. Oh, yeah. Now, I don't own a condo there, and I haven't been that many times, but <laughs> I love it, and I can do it in my mind, right? So whenever I think of something, I've seen something distressing and um, pornographic, I start, you know, I'm closing my eyes, thinking the snorkeling and those beautiful waters, and I'm looking at those fish, and I'm thinking about them and their stripes and their colors and, and everything. And as I do that, maybe, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten times, 
that picture starts to fade. And I believe this really does work. And it's so important. We give our kids this cognitive skill that they can use um, to help minimize those shocking memories when they're exposed to pornography. Oh, that's great. That's great. Yeah, let's go on to the next one. So the last one is O, right? Uh, order your thinking brain to be the boss. And it's important, again, in the book, we talk about the thinking brain and the feeling brain in, in greater detail. But you can have this conversation. You can say, hey, thinking, um, I'm sorry. You can say, hey, feeling brain, I know you're curious to see more bad pictures. So you acknowledge it, right? So the shame comes down. Mm -hmm. I know you're curious to see more bad pictures, but I'm going to use my thinking brain to stay in control, my thinking brain to keep me safe from pornography and from addiction. And that conversation between the two brains is actually really powerful. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it... Um, so again, order your thinking brain to be the boss, help your children to say, to acknowledge, feeling brain, I know you're curious to see those pictures, but I'm going to use my thinking brain to stop and stay in control. Yeah, well, to teach children that they don't have to be driven by their feelings or by their appetites or by their impulses or the things that come naturally to us, you can still validate that and normalize it and let children know that there's nothing wrong with them for feeling these things but there has to be something that's in charge of it. And I, I love that. I think that's a great way to help children know who's in the driver's seat. Right, exactly. And we have a lot of other um, great uh, stories and uh, metaphors in the book that help children kind of get that. You know, we talk a little bit about a race car. And uh, then at the end, we talk about poison, how it attracts you know, rats, rat poison attracts rats and they like it, but then it starts to hurt them and kill them. And same with pornography. We might be attracted to it. We might even like it, but it's going to start its destructive poisoning process in our brains. Um, and we might not even kind of be aware, but that's exactly what happens. Yeah. Wow. That's great. And I, you know, I obviously highly recommend these two books. I think they're a great resource for parents. Um, there's a few resources that uh, you've made available uh, on your website, a lot of free resources on your website that parents don't have to uh, run out and buy a book. They can actually just start learning today immediately about some of mm -hmm. these things. It seems like you've covered just about every possible parent question that <laughs> I can think of. You guys have quite a robust uh, blog uh you know, library, lots of great articles and resources. And my goodness, there's just so much there. So um, will you go through some of the resources that you have available for parents? Sure. Well, we have a quick start guide. So some parents come into this, they don't know anything about pornography, really. They don't, they feel kind of uneducated about it. Well, if you read, uh, download and read our quick start guide, it's going to get you up to speed very quickly. Um, we have another guide called the Smart Plan for Parents, and this is for parents to prepare to respond to when your child sees pornography or 
to respond if you found out that your child has viewed pornography instead of like freaking out, you know, right, right. Uh, which is our normal response. It's very normal. So I had a friend call me one time and she was crying. I couldn't even understand her. I went over to her house and found her just in a heap in her bathroom uh, sobbing. And she just hugged me and she told me that her uh, she had found pornography in the search, you know, in the history of the iPad. Oh, wow. And she believed it was her 14-year-old son. And she was so upset. And this, her first initial, um, you know, what she really wanted to do was go to school and pull him out of class and say, what, what have you done? Oh, and yeah. Da, 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 da. And I said, don't do that. I'm glad you called me. Take a breath, right? You need to calm down and deal with your own emotions before you deal with this with your child. So this whole smart plan guide walks you through how to calm down, how to deal with your own emotions first, and realize that porn is the enemy, not your child, who may have become enticed by it, right? Porn is the enemy, not your child. And then it also gives you a list of questions that you need to get answered, and you're not going to get them answered in one setting, right? And you shouldn't. It's little by little, right? Um, That's great. And as your child sees that you're not freaking out, but that you still love them and uh, are not, you know, and you still respect them, um, then they are going to be able to open up. And so we have a whole guide to uh, help parents. It's under Help and Heal. And uh, then we have a guide for those that want to speak up, right, and and help their communities. And we have an outline for a presentation that you could give uh, at your church or anywhere in your community that you could give to educate your community about uh, pornography and why we so desperately need to empower our kids against it. Yeah, that's wonderful. And I'll put links to all these in the show notes so that people can download them immediately. And there's even some uh, some guides that people can text uh, and get uh, instantly. So we will make sure that everybody has access yeah. to those. Yeah, you can text uh, can do plan, all one word, to 44222 and get the can do plan poster. Okay. So we're really, you know, our protecting minds is just a labor of love. <laughs> we are trying to just hold the parent's hand and walk them through this and encourage them and and help them. And, and like you said, we have a bunch of other guides. Um, every blog post, we try to have some guide, something that is even more helpful. And uh, one of them is like, is my child ready for a smartphone? Ten questions to guide parents. Um, if you're thinking about giving a smartphone to your child, um, this is really a good set of questions to ask yourself to determine if they're mature enough to handle a smartphone and, you know, an internet connection in their pocket. So we have a lot of guides uh, also available on the on the website. Yeah, as, I, as, you, as we're talking through all these resources, Kristen, I can't help but think of, you know, when I, I remember my wife and I were expecting our first child 
and how much reading we did, you know, what to expect when you're expecting and just all the billions of children, <laughs> parenting books and um, infant guides and all kinds of stuff to make sure you can keep this little human alive. And there's so much anxiety around that. And then you kind of, you know, figure it out and put the books down. But in some ways, parents really ought to be looking at raising children in a digital world with the same level of uh, focus and interest and getting into these websites, these blogs, these books, these resources, and coming up with with language and words and, and plans and tools for themselves and their kids. Because uh, it's one thing to keep your kid physically alive, but it's another to keep them spiritually and emotionally healthy. And they face some very serious dangers that uh, very few of us faced that are much older and uh, we can't just act like, well, I made it just fine, and so we don't really need to say much. The conditions were just totally different. Exactly. And going back to this, uh, these interviews that I did with these 10 um, porn addicts or recovered porn addicts, um, we had a lot of quotes from them. And so many of them said, you know, I, uh, let's just see. She said, if my mom found out, she would kill me, right? Um, one other said, my parents were always going to get around to having the sex talk, but they never did. Uh, another person said, it never occurred to me to talk to my parents. I would have been afraid that they would take away my video games. <laughs> wow. Uh, so, so many p- kids... Um, Let's see. Another one said, uh, the rules my parents gave me and the advice from my LDS bishop were all very formulaic. I never truly understood the why. Mm, right. Why should be looking at pornography. Right. So like um, I'll be in trouble for talking then, about it. I'll, you know, I, I'll just get generic answers. I mean, there's just so many missed opportunities there. Yeah. And, and kids... Um, one guy reported that, you know, even though his parents knew that he had looked at porn, he went to the bishop, and so they just thought it was all taken care of. Right. Uh, after one visit to the bishop or maybe two or three, um, and that is not usually the case. So um, another, you know, another interviewer, uh, person we interviewed said, you know, I had nowhere to release my emotions. I feel like I needed to be perfect all the time. And that was Oh, you know, our kids have this so much fantasy that they can escape to nowadays, right? So when true. I was a kid, we didn't have that amount. You know, we had books, but I mean, so much fantasy that they can, and pornography is another form of fantasy. And um, some kids use it as an escape, escape from negative emotions. So, um, they don't feel like they can be imper- that they can be imperfect. They have to always have this perfect, you know, and that's exhausting for all of us. It Absolutely. really is. And so our kids need to be able to fail safely, you know? Yeah. Within our families and not be perfect. Um and and have a, a healthy outlet for negative emotions. No, understand how to work through. We have another couple of wonderful blogs about dealing with negative emotions and helping your children deal with negative emotions so they don't go to an addiction in order to, you know, distract themselves from feeling lonely or bullied or, you know, or disappointed in themselves. Um, 
you know, pornography is so quick and intense and it just takes you away so quickly that it's a great, I mean, really, it works. It works. In the short yeah, term. absolutely. It works in the short term. Yes. And this whole this whole thing about t- talking to these people was why do kids hire porn? Like, why is it that they're using porn? What are they what are they getting from mm-hmm. porn? What's the benefit? Um, mm-hmm. What's the benefit right. that they're getting from porn so that we can figure out a way to teach them that there's benefit, m- many more benefits, long term benefits to healthy uh responses and healthy ways of dealing with negative emotions. So anyway, lots of stuff to learn, but everything we learn is going to strengthen our kids. Yeah. There's so many resources and parents can grab these lessons and, uh, even addition to the book for older kids and teenagers, protect young minds is not only talking about preschoolers and grade school children, but also has articles for teenagers as well that parents can read. We do have a few. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I've heard from I've heard from parents that say, hey, every week we see your blog and um, so many times we just bring it up with our, our teenage kids and talk about it. So it's like a little springboard for a conversation. Oh, that's great. Yeah, they just kind of go from, hey, look what I read on this thing. Let's talk about it. It just becomes a, a natural launch pad, a, a discussion point. So that's great. Well, Kristen, yeah. I uh, this has been so productive. You have so many great resources and um, who would have thought, right? All these years later, just having a couple of uh, a desire to help, and you know, like the proclamation says, we call on all people or good people to do something. I don't remember the exact language on it, but that is exactly what you've done with these resources. And I thank you and your dedicated husband, who's behind the scenes. I've seen him at conferences, <laughs> lugging boxes and doing all this work on the back end and supporting you in this yep. this effort. And then all those who have written yep. and supported you in this effort, it's just uh, its a tremendous thing you're doing. So thank you so much for taking your time and giving all these resources to us. Thank you, Jeff. If you want more information about Kristen and her writing, you can visit protectyoungminds.org. I also have included in the show notes lots of links where you can get free stuff and other resources from Kristen and her organization. Stay tuned for the next episode of the Illuminate Podcast, where I will interview Clay Olson, who is the founder and CEO of Fight the New Drug, an organization that helps teens and young people become fighters against pornography and human sex trafficking. Clay will give us an insight on what we can do to support our teens and young people, and also what they're doing to globally fight the spread of pornography and human sex trafficking. Look for that on the next episode of the Illuminate podcast.